New look Indianapolis Colts and new look Locked on Colts podcast. A couple of new hosts this season for Locked on Colts. we got one of them today, Zach Hicks, joining us to talk about the Colts, uh, their outlook for 2022, uh, how the new players fit in to their offense and defense, and of course, uh, how the division is going to shape up this season. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and a very special guest, the new co-host of Locked on Colts. Uh, welcome to the network, Zach. This is the first time I've had an opportunity to chat with you. So first of all, welcome to the network and thanks for jumping on with Peacock and Williamson to talk about the Colts. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And yeah, it's it's good to be back with Locked on. I did uh, Locked on Washington back in shoot 2016 i think it was <laughs> long yeah, time so ago okay. not a wel- it's a welcome back to the network not a welcome to the network that predates me i jumped on january 2017 is when i first came on williamson you started at the beginning of the 2016 season is that right i think so there was no nfl podcast on the locked on network and i was the first so i don't know exact date on that but i was the uh, the trailblazer yeah i was <laughs> I was brought in May. It was 2017. Then I know Michael Kist is what rec- is the person who recommended me and got me on with Washington. And I was just a kid back then, so don't listen to the old stuff. I didn't really know what I was doing, so I feel like I'm look, better now. <laughs> you still look like a kid to me, but I'm, uh, yeah, same, <laughs> look, it was a different. Man. It was a different time, even in the last five years. What podcasting has done. Mm-hmm. Um, man, but I, I want to get to this Indianapolis Colts roster. And obviously the big, the big change this year is the quarterback position. So, uh, what is the vibe right now around the Colts? Is this a, like, okay, we've retooled and we're ready to go win this division. Uh, and, and, uh, what, what was, what was the, the process of the off season? Like with all of a sudden the quarterback almost kind of falling into the Colts lap, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, no, it felt good. I mean, we, it was funny cause you know, you guys probably remember leading up to, the Deshaun Watson saga, you know, all that stuff. It felt yeah. like he was going to go to Atlanta, you know, and, and we were all super excited about that. We were like, okay, good. He goes to Atlanta and then the Colts will be the only destination for Matt Ryan. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I believe there was a lot of stuff put out there where like Matt Ryan's only place he wants to go is Indianapolis. Uh, but it ended up still working out for the Colts because when Deshaun Watson picked Cleveland, the Falcons and Matt Ryan kind of had a, a bad relationship at that point for like the first time ever. And uh, they wanted to do right by him and, and they sent him to the place he wanted to go. So he came to Indy and, and it's actually cool for a small market team to have a quarterback, you know, who's a French hall of famer, former MVP say, Hey, the only place I want to go play is with the Colts and with Indy. So Indy got him for a third round pick. Uh, and I feel like even if you're kind of down on Matt Ryan for the going rate for quarterbacks, getting him for a third round pick, uh, I, I thought it was an excellent move and, and yeah, they kind of lucked into it, but somehow moving from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan and gaining draft capital in that change uh, that I think that's an absolute win considering how much they gave up for Carson Wentz to move on from him after one season. Yeah, it's really well said, especially the uh, giving you money, <laughs> giving you resources to, to upgrade a quarterback. Yeah. I thought Wentz got a little bit of a bad rap, but I definitely yeah. think it's an upgrade. I think Ryan will spread the ball around, you know, a lot of running back receptions, you know, a lot of just whoever the open guy is. But I would imagine we all, you know, all agree that Michael Pittman's now the number one in town. 
So how much is BP going to moan and groan about trading me Michael Pittman in the dynasty league that we're in? Look, so, I, before you answer, I do want to say I'm, I've got a championship caliber roster. I'm in win now mode. I did get uh, Derrick Henry. Get Derrick Henry in the deal. Part yeah. of this dynasty yeah. trade, so I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to be hanging banners, and I'm not going to worry about what Michael Pittman does in the future. I but, mean, when, look, but Peacock and Williamson are three years away from now, and Pitt, Pittman's still catching 100 balls, and Henry's out of the league. I'm going to be yeah. hearing about this all the time. Might sting a little. Look, you can't go wrong. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Derrick Henry. He's going to get 600 carries a year until eventually the right, tires right. fall off there. But you know, Michael Pittman Jr. It, it's so weird because last year. It was absurd how many targets he got in that offense. I think it was like a 25, almost 30% target share that he got in that offense. Like he literally got every single target. He was the only receiver that really gelled with wins. Uh, so you would assume that that number is going to come down a little bit this year, but the Colts are definitely going to throw more in, in 2022. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did not throw the ball much at all down the stretch because they were just so scared of wins. Uh, you know, those last, like, it was like last six, seven games. Uh, so now with Matt Ryan, they're going to throw the ball a lot more. They're going to get, you know, other receivers involved more. But Michael Pittman Jr. is still going to be the main guy. So, you know, we're kind of expecting kind of like a, a, a still a jump in production from him this year, even though last year was a thousand yard season. Uh, I, I think anywhere within the range of 1,200, 1,300 yards is, is very feasible for him this year. Who's your bet to catch the second most passes on the team? Ooh, so so we we always go back and forth on this, but I think the easiest bet right now is actually Naheem Hines. I thought for that, two. yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about it, Naheem Hines, he's, he's kind of indicative of the quarterback play in Indy. You know, it with with Andrew Luck and with Philip Rivers, 63 receptions each year. With Carson Wentz and Jacoby Brissett, you know, that number was in like the 30s or the 40s. Uh, with Matt Ryan, you kind of assume he's closer to Philip Rivers and Andrew Luck oh, yeah. than he is Jacoby Brissett or or even Carson Wentz. Like I said, gets gets uh, a, a bit of a bad rep for last year, but it, it wasn't as it still wasn't the level that Philip Rivers or Andrew Luck was playing at in this offense. So you assume this offense clicking the way that Frank Reich wants it. Naheem Hines could be really involved in this offense. All right, I'm going to ask the question that Williamson wanted answered. Who's the second wide receiver then in the offense? If the second <laughs> wide receiver is not going to be the second most targeted player. So if Paris Campbell can actually play <laughs> this year, that's the biggest thing. It's always, you know, because Paris Campbell, when he plays, he gets three to four targets a game at a minimum. You know, like we've seen games where he gets up to nine, ten targets a game in, in the short amount of games he's played. It's just how many games are going to play this year? Is it going to be one game? Is it going to be six games? Is it going to be 10 games? You know, we would love to even get 10 games out of him this year. Uh, but I think if he plays the whole season, it's going to be him. Uh, but then if not, Alec Pierce is probably the likely one. Uh, there are a couple guys who might surprise, you know, Ashton Doolin, I know is a guy they're really high on internally, hmm. uh, but it'll probably be Alec Pierce if I had to guess, just because it's so hard to rely on Paris Campbell at this point, even though we're all pulling for him at this point. So the O-line's been a strength here for a long time, and, and I think no one's going to fight us. So Quentin Nelson's probably the best interior lineman in the league. You know, Braden Smith at right tackle, Ryan Kelly at center, very good starters. But there's some chinks now. I mean, how concerned are you with this front five? I, I think we're kind of waiting to see right now. Uh, okay. Danny Pinter, I think, has looked – solid when he's played at center you know we've seen some good things special special athlete uh if he mm. can just kind of you know kind of hone it in a little bit as a pass as a pass protector he could be a really good right guard he's the likely guy to be at right guard this year uh when it comes to left tackle it's going to be between matt Pryor and bernard raymond uh that could kind of go either way but honestly if you look at what indy was throwing out there at left tackle last year 
it was Julian Davenport for a good bit of the year. It was uh, it was Eric Fisher who was just a train wreck all yeah, season, recovering from injury. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was basically like you know like a feather in the wind. Like he was getting run over by anybody. <laughs> you know, just just it was terrible. It was terrible. So honestly, even Matt Pryor just just being a body that can stay standing, mm-hmm. like it's already an improvement from last year. It's kind of the way we're looking at it. But yeah, no, I agree. I think I think this is a thing that people are kind of not talking about as much as what it should be where Danny Pinter and Matt Pryor might be upgrades, but we don't know how good they're actually going to be. They could be massive downgrades. So yeah, I think it's a big question that we need to really see in camp what, what happens with these guys. Staying on that offense. And obviously the, the focal point of the offense is Jonathan Taylor and he's been phenomenal. Um, the two part question here is one is, is how good is he and how fun is he to watch but the second part of it? He's the focal point from, for the Colts, he's also going to be the focal point for opposing defenses. Is Michael Pittman and we're not sure enough to take the pressure off of just stacked boxes all day long? Yeah. So the first answer is yes. He's so much fun. <laughs> he's so yeah, so yeah. good. He is he is so good. It, it is insane. Just like the jump from not even from his year one to year two, but even from the first like five games in year one to the rest of year one, and then he carried it into year two. I got to say, the beginning of year one, I, I got a little bit worried. Mm-hmm. And in that same dynasty league, he was he was on my roster. And he was like, oh, is this another one of those big college backs? You know, kind of doesn't quite translate to the NFL. The holes aren't as big. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, I, I'm starting to like what I see here halfway through his rookie year, and then last year, just unreal. Yeah, luckily, the Frank Wright rushing scheme, the, the so much duo and so much inside zone and stuff just – gives him that vertical displacement to make a lot of things happen. Uh, He was thriving in that this year and obviously at the end of 2021. But when it comes to the focal point, you know, it's not really, oh, does Michael Pittman Jr. take the focus away from him or does Marley Cox or Alec Pierce? It's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is the biggest adjustment to Jonathan Taylor where Jonathan Taylor, I mean, there were games last year, like, like the Patriots game, for instance, last year, Carson Wentz threw the ball 12 times in that game (laughs) and had four interceptable passes and 12 passes in that game. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor still ran for 170 along with the put-away touchdown uh, when the Patriots were literally bringing eight, nine guys in the box. When you have a guy like Matt Ryan who is going to be more consistent, he's going to be able to you know, check out of runs a little easier, he's going to be able to find the checkdowns, that just takes so much pressure off a guy like Jonathan Taylor where you really can't stack the box so much because you have such a cerebral quarterback back there. You mentioned Mo Alley Cox. What's the pecking order at tight end? Uh, we, we the way that we kind of see it is Molly Cox is kind of going to be the guy. You know, he's going to okay. get the first run. Uh, he's the guy who they just gave a pretty nice extension to. I think it was three years, like 18 million. Uh, so pretty solid extension. But they're super, super high on Jelani Woods. Uh, we don't know how ready he's going to be out the gate. But if he looks good in camp, I mean, they're going to give him a lot of run. They, they love Jelani Woods. Uh, Kylan Granson's a guy who they liked a lot last year. And they kind of slowly got him in. So I could see him getting some catches. And then. Another one, I don't know what he's going to do in year one because, you know, six-round guy out of a small school, but Drew Ogletree is a guy that they really like. I mean, Hmm. he was on nobody's radar going into the draft, Uh, but they had scouted him for three, four years. Uh, For them to take him where they took him with nobody uh, nobody else really interested means that they were really high on him. So uh, he's a guy who, if he has a great camp, I could see him getting, getting some action this year. More with Zach Hicks talking Indianapolis Colts. We get into the AFC South where the Colts fit in there. Uh, I want to talk a little bit of draft class with the Colts, and we'll flip to the defensive side of the ball 
as well. But first, we got to let the folks out there know about Built Bar, talking brownie chunk, Built Bar, you know, the traditional Built Bar flavors, but they're also pulling double duty with the coconut brownie chunk flavor. You can get the traditional bar or you can get the puff, which is a marshmallowy, delicious treat. And both bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. It's one of the reasons why you feel so good about grabbing a Built Bar because you know you're getting that great taste. It's like a can- it's like a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it is good for you. So you feel good about eating it because it's great and because it doesn't wreck your diet. Your diet. It's uh, it's a high protein, low calorie, low sugar treat, and it is all the way delicious. And if you don't do coconut, you can find one of the other uh, amazing flavors of Built Bars. They've got some seasonal flavors coming all the time at Built.com. I don't know how they do it, but somehow they pull it off and you can get 15% off a box of Built Bars. And if you're not sure what flavor of Built Bar to get, you can get a mixed box as well. All you got to do is go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off a box of Built Bars. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Zach, getting into these Indianapolis Colts and the draft class, uh, sort of transition of the defense here, because you mentioned Pierce, you mentioned Bernard Raymond. Um, second and third round draft picks. This draft class was uh, clearly, like, I don't know if it just kind of happened this way uh, or Chris Ballard speaking about it after the, after the fact, was it just that they were targeting the highest level athletes they could find Jelani Woods yep. and then Nick Cross four, three guy. He's rocked up explosive. Yep. I thought he was phenomenal value. And apparently Chris Ballard did too, because this doesn't seem like his MO to trade future picks, to get a pick he didn't have to get into the third round to draft Nick Cross, the safety out of uh out of maryland right yeah yeah they they are smitten with, with him i mean they they love his game uh to take him where they took him and like you said to trade a future pick uh that just speaks to volume i mean they said if if he were to come out next year if he were to stay another year he would have easily been at least a second round pick is what chris ballard said in his in his end of the year prayers after the draft presser uh they're so high on him and, and honestly that's why the Kari willis retirement while it was sudden and it was like, man, that's a good player we're losing. It was also kind of like, okay, we get to see this young safety, you know, get some real playing time in year one. And I think, you know, Rodney McLeod might take the strong safety role for the first couple games, but after Nick Cross gets out there for a little bit or he starts taking some starter snaps, it's going to be his, you know, for the next couple seasons. I mean, I know they're really high on him. They view him as kind of like, kind of like a Jamal Adams type player for this Gus Bradley defense, you know, that strong safety who can stay in the box, uh, who can rotate a little deep and kind of just be the athletic freak all over your defense. Uh, but yeah, I know, I just know that the team is so high on him and, and he's going to get a lot of playing time, I think in year one. So your Colts <clears throat> had the best, <coughs> excuse me, turnover differential in the entire league still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, the defense is built to take the ball away. I mean, uh, the length at linebacker, the style of play, the pass rush, the offense is built to protect the football. This isn't really a question, just more of a topic. I mean, they probably won't lead the league in turnover differential again. You mm-hmm. know, like, uh, what do you think about that whole subject overall? I mean, and set you up to answer that real well, but I just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there. You know? What it Matt's is- trying to say is, where did they get better? Because they're lucky. Yeah, through. right. It's not going to get better. Yeah. Well, one way they get better is in how they rush the passer. Because what you saw a lot last year was, yes, they were getting turnovers. Yes, a lot of turnovers. And that's what made their defense look pretty good. 
But if you look what was happening to them in fourth quarters of games, they had comfortable leads. They were they were putting teams away, and then they were allowing 200, sometimes 300 yards passing in just the fourth quarter alone. I mean, Lamar Jackson, wow. Lamar Jackson threw for almost 300 in the fourth quarter against them this past year. I mean, that's how they blew that. I think it was a, I want to say it was a 12 point lead going into the fourth, and they blew it against Lamar. And Lamar had like 450 yards passing, and like 80 completions. It was brutal. Uh, and there were other games like that too, where teams were just able to throw the ball at will in the second half and late in the games because they just didn't have a pass rush. You know, DeForest Buckner was getting a lot of double teams. Uh, Pay was still going through the rookie, you know, rookie moments and stuff like that. And then outside of that, they really didn't have anybody. And, you know, Matt Eberflus's scheme is really not – I'm not trying to talk bad about Matt Eberflus. I think he's a great coach. Uh, but it's very much a contained rush scheme. You know, it's, it's keep the quarterback in the pocket, let them make mistakes throwing the ball but we're not really going to get after them and and break contain and let them get big plays. There's some merits to that, but at the end of the day, it hurts you when it comes to when teams are forcing to throw the ball and you don't have skilled rushers in your front four. So yes, something like turnovers can come down this year. And I I think we will see that because again, Matt Eberflus' scheme was very predicated on punching the ball out, getting interceptions. Uh, But I think what we'll see inversely is the pass defense get a little better. We'll see the pass rush get a little bit better and as turn, you know, this defense can still be around where it was last year, despite having the turnovers maybe come down to a realistic number. I, I want to stick with that just a little because, yeah, I thought he, I, I kind of have the same feeling about you with Eberflus. Like, I don't know, it was a tremendous scheme, but I do think we know as much as any defensive coordinator in the league what Gus Bradley brings to the table. I mean, they're very blitz averse. I mean, he's really the only guy in the league still basically running a a cover three Seahawks type of defense. I mean, I think it's about the most predictable defense in the league. I would have some concerns about that, although I think they have the personnel that fits it. Right, right. I'm with you completely. You know, Gus Bradley is a coach where he's had a lot of success in this league. He's seen a lot of different defenses. But I think on paper, when you look at this Colts defense, it's probably his most talented defense since the Legion of Boom. Uh, I mean, they have stars at all levels. They have DeForest Buckner and Yannick Ngakwe at front, Darius Leonard at linebackers, uh, Stephon Gilmore and Kenny Moore in the secondary. A lot of playmakers, a lot of length, a lot of guys who fit this cover three. And my only kind of pushback with Gus Bradley is, yes, it is still that cover three. It's still that, that, that single high. But I do think he's adjusted a little bit when it comes to a lot more man match, a lot more... Mm mixing in some cover three with man stuff. And, and you are kind of seeing that growth a little bit. It's just, he has never had a defense with a ton of talent to execute it super well. And I think the Raiders, I think did pretty well with it last year, definitely down the stretch. They had some good games, but they also had some terrible games. I mean, I mean, this is a much more talented defense than what Vegas had last year. Right, right, yeah. right. And, and I think you see some good and, and some bad in Gus Bradley's schemes. And we're seeing that it kind of exploited at times and also benefiting at times. I mean, they shut down the Colts down the stretch last year and they made the playoffs, but also the Chiefs stomped them, you know, by like 60 points in that one game. I mean, so there are some good and bad. And I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about how this defense adjusts to a new scheme for the first time in four years. But on top of it, again, I'm kind of optimistic because Gus Bradley has had success in this league. And this is a super, super talented defense for him to operate. Zach, uh, how do you think the Colts fit into the AFC South picture? As Matt mentioned, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, the Tennessee Titans were the one seed in the AFC. Obviously, you know, on paper, it looks like a two-horse race. We'll see what happens with the rest of the division. There may be, you know, some teams. I think both of those teams are going to be better than they were last year. I don't know if they're going to be challenging for the division title anytime soon or anything like that. But I do like the direction they're at least going here. What are your thoughts on the division? Where do you think the Colts end up in 2022? 
you know, th- this is the most all in that we've seen Chris Ballard kind of go, you know, trading for Matt Ryan, a uh, proven quarterback who's won an MVP, who's had a lot of success outside of last year, you know, signing Stephon Gilmore, trading for Yannick Ngakwe, bringing in an experienced defense coordinator and Gus Bradley, like they're pushing all their chips in to compete at this division. You know, it's no more, it's no more kind of being like, Oh, shucks. We lost Andrew Luck. You know, that, that era is kind of over. They're pushing forward. They're trying to go a little bit all in here before and see what they have. Uh, and I, I do think that they are a division contender. Uh, it's hard to say that they are the top dogs in this division because they haven't won it in a long time. You know, it's hard to say they've usurped the Titans right now because even though the Titans lost AJ Brown and there are questions with Derrick Henry and, and Ryan Tannehill, they are still the number one seed from last year and a really well coached football team. Uh, but I do think the Colts are right up there with them. They have all the talent. Uh, and Frank Reich's done such a, like a marvelous job with whatever quarterback he's touched has had their best season in years. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, all those guys who look like they weren't going to be much were, you know, I mean, Carson Wentz for most of the year looked really good. And, and Philip Rivers was a fringe top 10 quarterback in, in uh, 2019. So if you kind of factor all that in, they should be competing for this division and, and, you know, maybe can make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender or anything like that. Uh, we'll have to see how the year goes. But I do think it's a really talented football team with great coaching, uh, and they are kind of pushing all their chips in right now. Zach, I got to ask you here before I let you go because it's something that's that I've been thinking about for a while, and uh, I never really had the right person in front of me to ask, what is the vibe about the Andrew Luck stuff and, you know, the hindsight and looking back, it, do, do people like really point the finger at Ryan Griggs and they're like, what the hell are you doing drafting <laughs> Philip Dorsett in the first round? Seven offensive linemen, you know, protect your young superstar quarterback. Like, is there, is there like a, um, is there a, you know, Reddit, subgroup <laughs> that is like all about blaming the one person, you know, like where does, where, what's the vibe about the whole, uh, the whole Andrew Luck, early retirement is, is who gets the blame there. There's so much blame to be pointed around. And I think it's kind of rightful, you know, I mean, there, the, most of it goes to Ryan Grigson. I mean, mm-hmm. and obviously it should, I mean, the, the GM is what it falls on a lot of times. And, and a lot of the moves he made were not very good at all, especially the drafts. The drafts were, were putrid. Uh, I think Chuck Pagano gets a lot of blame too. And, and per, you know, rightfully so uh, the offense coordinator changes he made, just a lot of the changes he did too, were not great. Uh, but I think also Jim Irsay gets some blame too. I don't think it's as it's not as heavily as Ryan Grigson, but the decision to go to Grigson and 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 also when they kept Grigson and Pagano for much longer than what they should have, uh, I think that people do rightfully blame uh, Jim Irsay a bit for that. And then there are also some people who blame Andrew Luck for the whole thing for not protecting himself. Or mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think there was a snowboarding thing as well that caused one of his injuries that people get upset about. And then also the way that the retirement kind of happened, even though it was more of Schefter's report that made it so awful, you know, the way that, you know, people raining down booze in a preseason game on him. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of blame to go around, but if you had to point the finger at one person that most people blame, it's, it's Ryan Grigson for sure. Yeah. It's who I blame. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> who, who most of them blame too. So I, I totally get it. <laughs> uh, that is fantastic. Everybody check out, the new hosts of Locked On Colts Daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, Zach at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Zach, really appreciate you giving us some time and uh, hope you're enjoying yourself uh, in, in your, your second swing here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Feeling good. I feel like I actually understand how a mic works and stuff, so we're doing good this <laughs> yeah, time. I don't know those things yet, so you'll be fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Luckily, you guys both have really strong co-hosts. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Zach. That was awesome. All right. See you guys. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most starting this week? Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available Monday through Friday, 10 players per episode. Which players move the lines the most? Find out through Friday who is number one on Locked On NFL YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And also a reminder, that the Locked On NFL YouTube channel is where you can find the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. What do you think? What do you think about those Indianapolis Colts, Matt? Do you think that they were going to be better than the the Titans anyway? Because I feel like the the Colts got better, the Titans got worse. You add in Matt Ryan, and I, I think it's a it's a really nice it's a really nice. I like it. The way to put it is basically they didn't have to go crazy. They yeah. just were able to. Hey, here's a nice little. Uh, here's a nice little quarterback for us to plug in, get better there, and everyone else is, you know, well, the the two teams below them that you know, the the Jaguars and the Texans. Everyone knows the score with those teams, and, and they're going to be better. But I don't think you have to worry about them quite yet. Um, although, if they got a superstar quarterback in Jacksonville, maybe they come a little bit faster than mm-hmm. than the Texans do. But if you're the Colts, you're in a nice situation because you didn't have to do anything drastic, but you got better on both sides of the ball. And now you have an opportunity to just run it back, which is maybe all they needed anyway, was to run it back one more time and have a little bit better quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, just big picture in the division. I look at Houston and don't think they're close to a contender, but they finally are starting to go forward. You know, I mean, that baby steps. Um, I've mentioned that it's 700 to 1. I love the Jags to win this division, but if it were 500 to one, I wouldn't, you know, and it's not like I'm picking them to win the division. Mm -hmm. I have massive concerns about the Titans, really their offense. I I don't, I don't trust their O line, which ain't what it used to be. I I don't trust their receivers uh, with their asthma and not even getting on the field yet. (laughs) I don't trust Tannehill and Henry's wear and tear and age at this step of the process, but yeah, Zach was right. They're a good, well-coached, winning organization. They were the first overall seed that last year. They have a good defense. But I think the Colts will be my pick to win the division. And I think Ryan is a perfect landing spot for him. Exactly what they would want out of the position as well. Playing in a dome, not a lot of bad weather, well-protected. Everything's going to go through Taylor. He's the adult in the room. All those good things. I think that works out well. I wish they had one more weapon. You know, I mean, I'm an Alex Pierce fan. I drafted him like five minutes ago in our draft in the second round. I hope Paris Campbell stays healthy, but I wish they were fighting for the number three job. Right. Yeah, exactly. One yeah. more one more player that could really take the pressure off the rest of the offense because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like we laid out and, and like Zach spoke about, even when you try to stack the box and stop Jonathan Taylor, He's too good, and they are too good up front, and they're too good at running the ball. So they're going to be able to do that. But but what else is there if if a team does stop that, or if God forbid, you know, Jonathan Taylor turns an ankle or something, and he's not available for you in a, in a yeah. given late in the season or something like that, and you're fighting for that playoff spot. And then the Gus Bradley thing on defense. I'm glad you asked that question because I was about to ask the same thing. It's like cover three is not going to fly anymore. So Gus Bradley no, better no, have right. some other. He better have some other tricks up his sleeve. Although man, he does have probably one of the better personnel groups than he's had 
in a while. You know, they added Yannick and Gakwe to be able to be that Leo coming off the edge that they call it in that defense. And Quiddy Pay can give you a little power element with some some speed rush. And obviously, DeForest Buckner is a do it all player on the inside and, and Darius Leonard is your Bobby Wagner, right? And then you've got some long lengthy cornerbacks and you've got your uh, really good safeties in the middle of the field. So it's not Legion of boom, but it's a pretty good unit. And it so, is. you know, it's a sound scheme, but when teams know how to beat you, they're going to be able to beat you in this day and age in the NFL. So, you know, what's the answer to that? So what's the counter if the run game's not there on offense? What's the counter if cover three's not doing it on defense? So those are the questions I have with the Colts. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think there's a bit of a ceiling here with this team. You know, we did our, our pass rush show uh, probably two weeks ago now, and mm-hmm. Gus Bradley's defense, the Raiders, were way below everyone else in terms of blitz percentage. You know, that's mm-hmm. just one example. Like, I know what he's going to do, but his defense is more execution-based than scheme-based, and he has better executors now than he did. So I think the defense will be good, but he wouldn't have been my hire. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, I just feel like he was the veteran coach they needed. They, they, They lost a really important guy in Matt Aberflus to the head coach job to the Chicago Bears. So, you know, who's the biggest name? Who's the guy who's been around uh, that we can trust with, you know, this team that we think is a playoff team and they ended up with Gus Bradley, but we've seen that happen with Gus Bradley a few times and it hasn't worked out great. So I don't know. I do have some questions about this football team, but I think right now I probably would pick them just because the raw, I I just don't like the direction the Titans are going and it feels like, and maybe I'm looking way too much into this because I'm sure this happens in every draft room. It just wasn't on video. I go back to that trade where they traded away one of their best players in AJ Brown and you see the, the head coach, right? Vrabel's like, gets up out of his seat and has to like collect himself because clearly that's not something he wanted. And then the guy they drafted with the very same pick at the same position uh, is having some issues, even getting through a practice in the spring. And, and he's a raw player, even if he's healthy and, you know, I mean, like he's not a plug and play guy Burks. Yeah. And then your quarterback, they're clearly starting to make some plans there. So there's, you know, Ryan Tannehill's got to start questioning himself a little bit. We're like, well, they're trying to replace me. So yeah. uh, that's kind of against the wall there. Derrick Henry starting to, you know, you started to see what the wear and tear looks like with him. Uh, he's still going to lead me to a, a dynasty championship this year. But then well, after that, yeah. who knows? I'm a little bit worried. But <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of ways the Titans could go wrong, which is why I probably picked the Colts this year. Yeah, and I probably will too. But in this case, it's more of an indictment on the other three teams of the division as opposed to, boy, I think the Colts would win the North or the East or the West in the AFC. Like, I think they're in a really weak division. And, you know, I I have a lot of respect for the team. um, But overall, I I think that they're capped a little bit. And I think they're better than last year. And and back to Tennessee, you know, you mentioned when they traded A.J. Brown, how Vrabel reacted. When I saw that and when that trade happened, to me it was like, Okay, our, our window just closed and we knew it, you know, and yeah. I think they would have taken Kenny Pickett in the first round if he was there. You know what I mean? Like, it might be that time. Yeah, it's an interesting vibe there with the Titans. Um, we got pretty excited about the Jacksonville Jaguars the more we talked about them. We had Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked on Jaguars, on recently. Jaguars, second place? Could you project the I Jaguars mean, is taking that leap? And, you know, when everything arrives, it can happen very quickly. And if you've got that superstar quarterback there, it could be like the Colts when they drafted Andrew Luck. And when they had the number one overall pick in the draft, they were not good. A couple years later, they're a playoff team, right? It, it, could, could the Jaguars be on that path? 
I mean, we saw it from the Bengals last year. I mean, like if there's a team that could be the Bengals this year, I could see Jacksonville being that team. First overall quarterback, Lawrence was even a better prospect than Burrow. You know, like, whoa, it all it all came together. But everyone that listens here knows that I'm a big believer in culture and learning how to win and all those things. And no one's lost more games in the, in the league over the last five years in Jacksonville. Like, right. it's hard to learn how to win. You know, I mean, they might be a year away. It's hard to say, hey, this team that just earned back-to-back number one overall picks, look out, they're going to be really good this year. Right. This time it's going to be different. You know, and you go I back get the optimism. I'm optimistic, too. You, you know, I mean, but maybe next year when they draft Jamar Chase, then I'll be really, uh, you know, really optimistic. And it, it would be a shock if the Texans were ready for any kind of prime time at this point yet, right? Yeah. I just don't, I think they're finally going the right direction. I think their offense will be respectable where it was not. Their defense was better than people thought last year, but it was always on the field and really lacked star power. But I don't see them winning six games. And by the way, Williamson, did you not draft uh, their new running back, Damian Pierce, Pierce as well? Yeah, with one yeah. of your like, nine second-round picks that you acquired in our Locked On Dynasty League. Not much in front of them. You know, I think they want to run the ball. I like the player. Love it. Love the value of that pick. That was your best pick so far. Your worst pick was by far Mitch Trubisky in the first one. <laughs> but it's a two-QB league. I understand why it happened. You traded uh, in right. front of me to get, uh, what was it, uh, Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson was sliding. I had to get in front of Williamson. I didn't want him to get in that tier of, of wide receiver after already trading him Michael Pittman. But um, when you traded in front of me, I'm like, oh, I'll get Trubisky then. Yeah. If yeah, Chris yeah. Carter jumped in front of me, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted one more start. Actually, I think Chris Carter ended up with Kenny Pickett. I don't think so. I think he's he very light. He and- made a post-selection trade. I think oh. he traded when he was on the clock at 12 with whoever drafted Kenny Pickett earlier in the first round. Good. It's, I'm glad that he got the Steelers' third-string quarterback. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, that <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us every single day and making us your first listen. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.